Alternative Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 167 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. And uh, this is going to be part two of our Sunny Liston episode. Um, we're just kind of doing our little intro thing real quick before Justin hops on with us. Mm. And uh, this week, we're actually going to be discussing the death of Sunny Liston, which is mysterious to say the least. Um, a lot of... Uh, lot of speculation behind what actually happened there yeah um and i'm sure we'll dive into that here shortly once uh once justin hops on with us all right yeah it'll be be quite interesting yeah uh if you're looking for a new pair of headphones earbuds or bluetooth speaker head on over to studio.com check them out they have it all and when you uh get done finding what you want put in your checkout in your basket there Go to checkout, put the promo code of DarkWindows15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Also, you can go over... But you can shoot us an email at uh, merch... Uh, I'm sorry, at Jesus Christ. No, not at Jesus Christ. Uh, hold on here. You can shoot us an email at darkwindowspodcast, darkwindowspod at d- gmail.com if you want to just email us. Yeah. Or you don't want to really email us. If you want to you want to uh, you want to email us at dwpmerch at gmail.com and order a fucking shirt or some stickers. Yes, if you want those stuff, I'm sure you do. Yeah. So the the t-shirts we are gonna have at $22 and the stickers are gonna be three dollars, is what we've uh, figured out pricing wise. And we're not gonna charge you extra if you need a bigger size, because I hate that shit. Kevin hates that shit. Anybody that wears a 2X or bigger hates that bullshit. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes. It's the worst thing ever. It is the bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry that genetically you need a bigger t-shirt because you're a little heavy. We're going to charge you more for it. No, fuck you. You're going to suck my balls. We're going to give you guys t-shirts at regular regular prices across the fucking board. <laughs> um, there may be a couple that the prices vary on a little bit, just depending on how long they take for my wife to make them because some of them have more detailed designs. Um, like our Varg shirt, I believe we have at 25. Um, and there's going to be another one that once I get the design over to her is going to be 25 as well. Um, we have a, uh, a you, <laughs> we, we got our, our design for reptilian Unabomber done. So, <laughs> oh yeah. I, oh, I, fuck I haven't yeah, seen dude. it yet. So oh, I thought... no, you had, didn't show me it. I sent it in an email to you and look. <sighs> well, anyway, uh, you can find us on, Everywhere that you can download a podcast. Yep. Oh, that's why um, I didn't actually. Also, start. you can head over to uh, ageofradio.org and you can find us. And you can find anybody else that you want might want to listen to as far as true crime, um, most anything. You find your next favorite yeah. podcast. Whatever you want to find for your podcast, you can find there. Also, they have a little section uh, called The Bazaar if you want to. Um, there's different things they have in there right now. Uh, they have uh, kettlebells. They have uh, on it. Uh, plenty of other different little things. Enough of that shit, though. Reptilian Unabomber. 
So the reason I didn't it didn't send you is because I didn't hit send. Well, you have to hit send. I do because it was saved as a draft. I'm like, what the <sighs> fucking bullshit's this? We should hit send out sometimes. Yeah. So. Jesus. Uh, also, uh, we don't say it enough, but uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. Anyway, on with the show. Yeah, that stuff's very important. Believe it or not, like, and it's not like an ego thing. It helps us. You know, it gets us out to more people. No, it's mostly an ego thing for me. No, it's not for <laughs> me because I'm like, I just want to get, I want to get more listeners and have. It's not an ego thing. The show's like herpes. I just want to spread it to as many people as possible. You know what I mean? Uh, Herpesephagonolitis. Yeah. You're all going to get it. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. let's kick it off. The rocket are rolling about uh, Sonny Liston and his infamous uh, tragic death. Yeah. It was kind of uh, suspicious, yes. to say the least. Yes. I mean, I already said he died under mysterious circumstances last time. Yes. So <laughs> name drop. I wasn't gonna repeat it. <laughs> name drop. Don't I, be mad, I boo. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna name drop again. <laughs> hey, he got it once. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> really needs that boost from all four of our listeners. <laughs> yes. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, all six all of mine don't him. mind it, so oh, it's cool. Shit. <laughs> uh, probably gets paid for like it every time somebody says mysterious circumstances it's like, i fucking <laughs> wish i should have trademarked that shit especially when they made that like a... well they did that broadway play a couple years ago that's literally called mysterious circumstances Stop and ironically enough because people were looking it up they found my podcast so that was nice cool, but... <laughs> Yeah, and in all honesty, what it's about is a fucking pretty awesome. It's about the the researcher who basically died like some weird fucking mysterious death, but he was like a Sherlock Holmes researcher, so oh. it made it even fucking weirder. Yeah, cool. it's it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking interesting to be honest. Huh. It's a good case, man. <laughs> I'll send well, it to you. <laughs> I might have to look that up. That's nah, pretty good one, man. For real, just look up, just look up Sherlock Holmes, the fan or whatever dies mysteriously, and you'll find it. Like the dude was all entwined with uh, Arthur Conan Doyle and all kinds of shit. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty weird. Yeah. My name is Justin. Welcome. <laughs> this is uh yeah so. Probably, yeah, this Mysterious Circumstances or Dark Windows Podcast. It's all kind of the same thing right now because uh, we've just been doing our banter for two hours and, uh, <laughs> you know, all that good shit. So, yeah, I like bantering with the boys over here. We don't get Hell, to talk yeah. very often. Well, I talk to Kevin C. more than Kevin H., that's for sure. And it's I'm honestly because... Fucker. Well, it's honestly because I like him more. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Well, I'm just, <laughs> just man, like... if I knew it was that easy to get you out of here, shit. <laughs> you should have told me sooner. Cold blooded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, just uh, that's that's about all I got really. Just talking about the death of Sunny Liston, which. To be honest with you, there's a couple good 
there's a couple good theories, especially when you get into the aspect of his death and then 10 years afterward with, um, uh, what was his name? Freaking. Now I can't even remember his name. I was all clued in two hours ago. Now I can't remember <laughs> shit. <Freaking. laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. I'll remember it by the time we get there. I'll get it. <laughs> and then I'm going to write it down. <laughs> so don't forget again. But yeah, anyway, yeah, for those of you who did not know, we did, uh, you know, part one, and that is strictly on their feed where we discuss the crazy-ass life of Sonny Liston. To be honest, crazy and sad all at the same time. Yeah. Dude, uh, dude had a tough upbringing, man. Really, really tough. And, I mean, in the later years, it didn't turn out too well for him, you know. By the time he got to Vegas, I think that was the start of his downfall. Um especially with some of the people that he starts getting involved with while he gets in Vegas. But you know, for, for what he went through growing up, he did pretty well for himself, you know, and it's just, you could tell the guy had a lot of demons and, you know, it's just, it's just a really interesting and sad and intense story. Like Sonny Liston was a very, I I said it on the last episode, just a very dynamic guy. There's just so many, so many things to him. You know, it's hard to nail him down. So, yeah, I am. I was always a fan of his, uh, you know, boxing wise and stuff. Because, I mean, legit, when he was in his prime, there was, there weren't any, there was nobody that was going to get in that ring and beat him. You know? No, he was. No, he was. He was a beast. Yeah, he he owned 15 inch fists. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> and he was no angry yeah, oh, very very angry <laughs> yeah and it was usually only in the ring or with cops <laughs> so yeah, very like, true you know pick your poison <laughs> i mean there, there's a lot of boxers that have been arrested for stuff but there's not many that have been arrested for putting a police officer head first upside down in a trash can and leaving him there yeah you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> or punching them or i mean well breaking what we were talking know, about leg like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breaking one's <laughs> leg. He just didn't give a fuck. He was like, I don't care. I'm above the law. I can literally beat any of your asses. I don't care. And that's you know, pretty much it how it went down. Wonder, I, I would love to know how he broke the guy's leg. Like, did he that's grab kinda, it with it? Or did that's the guy what I was wondering, him too. Punch him? Because he would have yeah. had enough power to break somebody's leg if he caught him in the shin or something like that, you know, with a fist. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. A, that's kind of my thing. I was always wondering. I really didn't get into the details of how he broke that leg, or or even look into him for that matter. Part one, you know, as I told you guys, you know, you guys researched the hell out of that one, and I, I just kind of added some information and stuff like that. But it is, it would be curious to find out exactly what the hell happened with that. Yeah, it's like all all the stuff that I look I look for. I didn't. I mean, the only real detail I found was that the cop ended up with a pretty good cut in his face, but that was from a, a fist with a ring. But <laughs> yep. there was no no detail as to like how he got his leg broken, which I mean, that would have been like you said, that would have been really interesting to know. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy, like guy laying on his back flailing, trying to get him to stop. And he punched him in the thigh and like smashes his femur or something like yeah, that meant you, some shit. As you said, <laughs> you know, so much last week. It's one of those ones that's just lost to history. Yeah. That yeah, you know, nobody's wanted to talk about or. Or anything so you know it's just one of those you come to your own conclusion on how he you know how the leg got broken and right. such yeah for sure 
so last week at the uh, on Dark Windows, we kind of left off with uh, the aftermath of that second Muhammad Ali fight, where we got into the speculation as to whether he got clipped and went down and lost the fight that way, or if he threw the fight, or if the timekeeper was on the payroll of somebody else. Um, I think we all kind of, all three kind of came to the same conclusion that he most likely threw that fight. Um, yeah. And there was a, some reasoning because, you know, I mean, Sonny was pretty well mobbed up most of his li- his adult life. Um, but the other reasoning that kind of gets almost overlooked is the potential of the um, nation of Islam and they're backing with uh, Muhammad Ali where there was a threat made against uh, Sonny's wife, Geraldine, and he basically threw the fight to protect her. Um, And honestly, that's to me, that's where I, I I fall with that one is because he seemed like he would have done just about anything for his wife. Yeah. I I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's your wife, you know, you yeah. loved her. The, the, she was the only person that really actually gave a shit about him. Like genuinely mm-hmm. cared about him, I think. Yeah. Cause like, Oh, oh yeah. Your, your mob guys are like, Oh yeah, no, we love you, Sonny. You're great. Until you, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, run the course of usefulness, then, you know, you're gone. We don't need you around anymore. But, um, so after that fight with Ali, he, uh, he did take about a year off came back in July. So July and August, he had two fights over in Sweden. Um, one in Stockholm, one in Gothenburg. And uh, he won both of those by knockout. So he kind of got back on the horse. Like, I mean, none of these guys are Muhammad Ali that he's fighting from here on out. though. No. So it's like, you, you really don't have any, you know, any real competition. Then he had a, um, you're just probably doing it just because of the company said so. Exactly. You're, when I mean by the company, I mean the mob. He's doing it to make money at this point because yeah. you know he's he would have he would have made a fortune if he'd won that Ali fight. So March and April of '67, he's uh, he's back in Sweden again for two more fights. Uh, one is uh, Dave Bailey. It's a first round knockout, and then uh, Elmer Rush, who's a sixth round knockout. Um, 1968. He had let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had seven fights in 1968. And uh, all but two of them were victory by knockout, and those were all over the place. Um, but again, not the not the same caliber of competition. This is just this this is more of an attraction. Like, hey, you know, the smaller organizations, like, oh, hey, we got Sonny Liston to come fight somebody at this point. It's not really, you know, they're just getting him more because he's a name than because yeah. anybody really yeah. wants to see him. Then in 1969, he's got three fights, and one of these guys I thought was a made-up name. His <laughs> the name they have on here is Scrap Iron Johnson, and he fought him in Las Vegas. <laughs> and I was like, "Son of a bitch! Wait, what? That's a hell of a name, That's, right that, there, right?" Yeah. Well, it was like, "What was the other one?" I thought last week was made up was uh, Cleveland Williams. It's like that's not a real name either. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so in 1969, he goes undefeated up until December 6th, where he has a match with. Uh, guy by the name of Leotis Martin, who had been his sparring partner for a while. Um, and that was in Vegas. And uh, they put him out there, and I'm pretty sure there was some pretty hefty bets made there. Like, oh, no, Sonny's going to knock this guy out, you know. And then uh, Martin knocked his ass out in the ninth round, which was kind of unheard of. Um, and then 1970 was his final fight, uh, June 29th, 1970. 
um, against a guy by the name of Chuck Wepner, which Justin, you said he was the, you, he was the inspiration for uh, Rocky, right? Like part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. that, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. You know, that's pretty much where I guess, uh, Sylvester Stallone, who actually wrote that movie too. He wrote the whole script. That's where he got that inspiration from. See, I always thought I automatically went like Mark, uh, Rocky Marciano, but it's probably like a, a mix of, of more than one guy. I would think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that, that one was also, that was in uh, Jersey city and that was a, a 10th round TKO for Sonny. And that was the last time he would step in the ring to box. Um, then from there, his life gets sad and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad. Because this entire time, like, well, not the entire time, but, uh, you know, most of the time while he was boxing, he was still doing uh, work for the mob. Like he was still going out yeah. and, you know, <laughs> beating the shit out of people. And uh, yeah, he was collecting money and collecting uh, money. Yeah. Yeah. He was involved in uh, um, drug dealing, too. He was a heroin dealer. But from from my understanding and I mean. I think it's more debated that he did heroin as opposed to no, not many people debate the fact that he was actually a drug dealer because he was just, he was had that lifestyle for so long and he was ran out of money. And once you're indebted to the mob, you know, there's only so many ways you're going to get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where, you know, know, the (laughs) Vegas move happens. He goes to Vegas after his loss starts yep. spending more time, you know, he get, leads that double life more now than what he did. I mean, cause it was, you know, before it was kind of just that straight up, you know, one image, you know, Hey, this is sunny. This is who I am. But besi- you know, behind the scenes, you know, there's these puppets that pull my strings and all this stuff, you know, the mob, you know, now he's not that big figure. And now he's, you know, hey, well, by day, you know, he's it's kind of like Batman type thing, you know. By day, I'm Bruce it's like Wayne. Like Batman, by, if he was a heroin dealer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By day, I'm Bruce Wayne. By night, I'm Batman. Well, you know, but you're not fighting crime, and during the day, in, at night, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're selling kind of drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're selling drugs on the what you know they referred to as the the West Side because it was the you know the black the african-american side of, yeah of the of vegas of vegas yeah um then uh december 16th 1970 he gets pulled over by a california highway patrol officer um on the san bernardino freeway uh guy kind of pulled up behind him because he saw that sonny's cadillac is all over the road he's like swerving and flashing his lights and shit and uh the cop pulled him over and then, you know, obviously asked for his license registration and uh, all that. Then he, uh, he asked Sonny, he's like, what do you do? Uh, you know, what do you do, sir? Um, and uh, Sonny reportedly said, uh, quote, I'm a boxer unemployed. <laughs> it's like, you poor bastard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a boxer unemployed currently. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, it could have been worse. He could have been like, um, yeah, I'm, I was a professional boxer and I also used to beat the shit out of guys like you for fun. Yeah. Which probably would have ended badly. <laughs> you know? And the car he's probably driving. I don't know if at this time it was his pink Cadillac. I think Cadillac. it was his pink Cadillac, yeah. Pink Cadillac. Don't do that. 
Um, but he, he did end up paying like uh he paid like a little over $300 in a fine to get out of, out of the ticket basically. Um, but then from there, this is where he kind of, we kind of run into the tail end of his life because he died. Um, okay. <laughs> what the hell was the date of that? It was, uh, re- it was shortly thereafter actually. Because his wife found him in January. Um, yeah, like yeah, January fifth, I believe. Yeah, because the 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 death date was a little a little wonky. They couldn't really put a, a finger on it because he had been there for a, you know a few days up to a week before he was yeah. found. They think it was New Year's Eve because of uh, the amount of newspapers that were on the doorstep when they found him, and yeah. is uh, obviously is a decomposition. Oh, one thing I did find that, you know, kind of interesting, which kind of could lead you down a rabbit hole of uh, because there's a whole speculation of did the mob do it. You know, was this the mob's doing or did he just, you know, overdose himself or whatever? Yeah. Um, I found this uh, um, quote thing. It was from uh, this guy named uh, Mo Dalitz. He uh, uh, he's a powerful mob figure. And he uh, was at a party with him and uh, like as a joke, Liston made a fist at you know, Dalitz and, and cocked it, you know, it was like, you're going to hit him. And Dalitz is like, basically said, you try it. You hit me if you want, you know, but you better kill me because <laughs> if you don't, I'll make one phone call and you'll be dead in 24 hours. Yeah. So, I heard that story too. It was pretty intense. I it's mean, like, damn. <laughs> so calm down, did, guy. Did he, yeah, right. Did he make a? Was that move the wrong move, or did he have another move after that that was the wrong move? And the mob's like, "Yeah, we've had enough of you." You know. Well, if we're yeah. ready to jump into all that, I I got this shit. Yeah, all let's right. hear it, man. Let's, like, I'm, I, right. this this is the part that I've been excited. I've been thinking about this for like a week. I'm like. I want to see what Justin's got because I know that he is going to dig harder than anybody else that I know into stuff. So I'm like, let's, let's hear it. I certainly tried. So a lot of this is based on a book called murder of Sonny Liston, which I believe was published in 2016 by Shauna sale. And he was a, a journalist. Uh, he did stuff for ESPN and he's the one who, tracked a lot of these people down who were still alive uh for anywhere from you know the in the early 2000s late 90s all that shit because like we were talking earlier it's hard to believe that Sonny Liston has been dead for f- almost 51 years like yeah. that's that's crazy and he was only 38 when he went so as like Willis that like when they when he got taken to the corner all right the coroner stated that there were track marks from previous intravenous drug use. Now here's the thing about I you know Sonny being scared of needles, right? He would yeah. go to the dentist and he would not take any anesthesia because yep. he was that scared of needles. Like he would sit in the chair, he'd be like do what you got to do. And and dentist is just like you sure man? Like you know the pain you're going to feel is going to be way worse than taking a needle and he said I don't care. I, I can't do needles. 
and after that first Ali fight where he uh, where he ripped his uh, bicep like up by the shoulder and he had a he basically ripped it if you haven't listened to the first episode he ripped his bicep off of the bone and it bled down internally into his hand so when he got to the hospital they told him that you know you know we have to run testing to see you know how bad it is and they offered him like painkillers to try like try to put him on an IV to mm-hmm. kind of keep him cool and all that and he basically told him no so they had to put him under with uh, uh anesthesia like they were actually going to do surgery because he was not going to let him put a needle in him. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually turned down a boxing tour in Africa, which would have made him a shitload of money. And he turned it down because he did not, he would, he refused to take the vaccines that were required to travel to Africa. He would not yeah, cause that, take uh, any needles. That malaria shot. That's a huge needle too. Like that's, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude. So like, he has good. this, like known fear of needles, you know, and the fact that the coroner said that is just kind of odd because they ruled his death natural causes from yeah. lung congestion and heart failure. It was the official co- It's still the official cause of death. But I think because uh, from what I understand, like the whole Sonny Liston death, you know, the what I think is probably murder is I heard somebody talking about, I can't remember. I was watching some interview on YouTube and they're like, no man, people like this is, that's why this guy Sean a sale like wrote this book because it's kind of like the, the folklore or not really folklore. That's a bad word for it. But people at ESPN, that's always a topic. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, somebody mm-hmm. listen. And the fact he's in Vegas, like when he went to Vegas, everything started going downhill for the guy and he's, Involved with a lot of the wrong people, one of which being a guy named Ash Resnick. That dude, bad news. He's a suspect, but kind of a lower suspect. But he got involved with a guy named Earl Cage, and Earl Cage owned a basically like a beauty salon, and he was running heroin out of it. So the law enforcement comes in to raid the place, and him and Sonny Listener are both in there. And Sonny is basically saying, oh, I just I just happened to be here. You know, I don't know what's going on here. So they go and arrest Earl Cage, and they let Sonny Liston just go. They're like, oh, man, you're Sonny, you're Sonny Liston. Yeah, just get on out of here, man. So Earl Cage is beyond belief, like, pissed off about this. And not to mention the fact that later that night, after this bust that they let Sonny Liston go on, he gets pulled over for drinking and driving, and he was so drunk, they took him to jail and let him sleep it off in the drunk tank and then <laughs> let him out the next morning and never brought charge any kind of charges on him, not even for that. So and Earl you know, Cage that, is, like, vehemently fucking pissed right now, <laughs> you know. That, that, uh, that claiming to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and then kind of getting away with it kind of sounds like um, when we did our, our Westie series with uh, Mickey Featherstone at the candy store. Yeah. And I was like, no, yep. I just walked in to use the phone, you know, and kind <laughs> yeah. of maybe threw my gun across the room as soon as I saw you guys walking across the road. You know, I didn't have anything to do with any of this. Yeah, that's pretty much how he played it off. And the cops, he pulled the celebrity status. You know, he the cops are just like, oh, man, yeah, get on out of here. So Earl Cage, there were two two things. One, he was mad because he was going to take the hit for everything. And the extra slap in the face with him getting a drunk driving charge later that night, 
and the cops still letting him go the next morning and no charges were ever filed against him. Yeah. And so Earl Cage is, uh, there's two things he's worried about. One, Sonny ratting on him. And two, the fact that he's just mad because he was let go. No charges, nothing. So we have that figure, okay? So when the death happens, you know, like I said, they the coroner came in and they're like, well, we got some track marks, yada, yada, yada. And you can see he's done intravenous drugs, but here's the deal. The body was too decomposed to really tell if the cause of death was a current needle mark. But that also brings up the question of how could they tell of old track marks if they can't even pinpoint a new one at this point in time, especially with Sonny Liston's fear of needles. So. Needless to say, Geraldine, she arrived at the house between like 10 and 11 p.m. She took the cops didn't get there until midnight, which was almost right after she called them. So she had about an hour and a half, roughly, and she cleaned the house, man. She got rid of all the drugs. She got rid of everything incriminating. But for some odd reason, there were still a couple bags like I think it was two, three, four bags of heroin still kind of out in the open in the kitchen. And it's like, you took an hour and a half to literally get rid of everything. How is this still up in the open when the cops get there? Now, remember this name. One of the first cops on the scene, his name was Gary Beckwith. And Gary Beckwith, he actually thought that was weird, too. Because 10 years later, he gets brought back into the picture. And how he gets back into the picture is because 10 years after his death in 1982... This guy named Erwin Peters walks into the police station and he says, hey, I got information on a bunch of home robberies me and this other guy have been doing. And he also admitted to killing Sonny Liston 10 years ago. And Gary Beckwith just happens to be the guy that was one of the first guys on the scene. So he's, you know, they call him back to the police station. I believe he was at home and they called him back and they're sitting there talking about it. So Erwin Peters gets mad. He had a partner, and his partner's name was Larry Gandy. And I don't know if you guys hit this dude's name or not. This guy, one thing we have to point out is that at this point in time through the 70s, the mafia ran. I mean, ran Las Vegas. So the cops are pretty much all corrupt as hell. And... There's, you know, and that would probably include coroners as well. So just going to point that out. But Earl, or or not Earl, but uh, Larry Gandy is a really interesting figure because he was a Vietnam vet and he had PTSD really bad. So he joins the police force and he signs up for all this undercover drug work just because he was crazy as shit like that. And what he would do was like a lot of times in that time, when you bought fucking drugs, any kind of heroin off of a dealer, they made you do it before they sold it to you. They wanted to watch you do it just to prove that you weren't a cop. Well, what Larry Gandy kind of mastered is he would put uh, syrup like maple syrup in little capsules and he would do like a little switcheroo and he would shoot that up instead. So yeah, dude. And he would bust all these people. Well, he ended up because he was such a wild ass dude and he 
had a little bit of a cocaine problem too. All right. So he's making all these drug busts, all these heroin dealers, but he's still, you know, partying a little bit, whatever the case was. So he ended up getting fired from the force for uh, insubordination because he just made his own rules, did his shit, but he was getting all these drug busts. So nobody really, you know, said anything for a long time. So he ends up getting fired for unsubordination and he sues the police department and actually wins and gets his job back. <laughs> but after he gets his job back, he ends up leaving anyway. He's like, yeah, just basically <laughs> wanted to prove, you know, fuck you guys. Point. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to quit. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's how it happened. So him and this Irwin Peters guy started getting together and started robbing all these houses. And what Larry Gandy did was he went and got a realtor's license. So he would pose as a realtor and he would scout all these places out. He would just scope them out, you know, and, and see what all they had. And then it, he would be in the house. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is when he was wearing his mask, like they would eventually go back. They would tie up whoever was in there, blindfolds, all that shit. So he, every time he was involved in a robbery he would always use a daffy duck accent with his voice like that was his <laughs> thing right so and he's awesome. robbing all these houses of all this shit and he's posing as a realtor so nobody really knows who he is what happened is erwin <clears throat> peters ended up getting screwed out of a bunch of money you know his cut of all these burglaries and all these robberies and he that's when that's why he went to the police station and he's like, listen, this guy's been fucking me over. He owes me all this money. We've been robbing houses together. He said he killed Sonny Liston. If you don't believe me, they literally like made him prove what was going on, and he proved it. So they set up a little sting operation, and sure as shit, man, when uh, uh, Gandy got there, instead of a couple people who were living in the house as a bunch of cops just hanging out and they busted him and oh, shit. shit. And, uh, yeah. I believe, uh, I could be wrong on this. I believe he got 10 years, but they looked into the, the fact that Irwin Peters said he admitted to Sonny Liston's murder. And that's how, um, Gary Beckwith got involved because he was one of the first on the scene of the actual, of Sonny's actual death. So, so all this time passes, oh. huh? Well, wasn't it that I guess they also found that it was kind of strange. One of the cops that was there was like, yeah, I kind of thought it was kind of strange that, uh, you know, that that uh, Mrs. Liston was there. And yeah, <laughs> not only was she there, but her attorney was there as well. Yes. She's like, he, he goes, I think his comment was, yeah, she called. She she got gets there. Calls her attorney, has her attorney come. The house is kind of nice looking, and then does then calls the cops instead of calling the cops, then the attorney. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird. Yeah, and she knew, that's and I think part I think part of that was because of the drugs in the house. Um, no, yeah, you know, she sense. didn't want to be getting in trouble or anything like that, which she didn't. I mean, she was she was a pretty stand up lady and and unfortunately after the fact there really wasn't much so she ended up taking a job at a cons at a casino afterward and no matter what interview she ever did uh, she would never ever talk about the circumstances of his death 
So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I could imagine that's probably a hard thing to to have to relive, you know, and and on demand for an interview. Yeah. Like, uh, so hey, why don't you tell us uh, what it was like finding your husband that had been dead for four days? You yeah. know, that's yeah, that, that's kind of a hard thing to ask of somebody. I I understand that. Yeah, definitely. So that when Erwin Peters when they made that whole setup, Erwin Peters started getting threats from Larry Gandy. Larry Gandy is straight up. He's like, Hey, uh, when I get out of prison, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> so Erwin Peters retreats to rural Oregon. It was either Oregon or Washington. I want to say, I'm pretty sure it was Oregon, but the Pacific Northwest, very rural. Nobody knew his number. Nobody knew his address. He actually cleaned up his life, basically started over, got married, had some kids. And one day he gets a postcard in the mail and it's a postcard from Las Vegas. And it, it's a picture of just the bare desert. And on the back, it says, this is where you're going to be. Oh, shit. So he fucking <clears throat> freaks out, dude. And his wife is trying to calm him down. And he's like, no, you have no idea, you know, what kind of life I lived. And, you know, he's he's freaking out. So it's still speculated whether he committed suicide or he was murdered because nobody had his address. Nobody even really knew his phone number. Uh, his wife wakes up in the middle of the night. He's not in bed. And this is, we're uh, still talking about Erwin Peters and he's not in bed. So she goes around kind of looking for him and uh, pretty much, she goes to the garage, garage door shut, car is running. He's oh. in the uh, he's in the driver's seat. So, you know, it's still kind of debated on on whether or not he committed suicide or whether obviously they had found, he had been found. You know, no matter who who went there. So, <laughs> moving a little bit a little bit more forward. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of those ones where I mean you could you could smother that dude with a pillow, stick him in his car, and let it run in the garage, and it's still yeah. going to be the same cause of death, which is suffocation, essentially. Exactly, exactly, yeah. dude. And his wife like still was like, "There's no way my husband killed himself." But if he was that scared, you would think that he I don't know how they would have found him or anything, and. But yeah, it's still a little bit of debate there on whether it was suicide or murder. So Erwin it's, Peters is now out of the picture. So the same with Sonny, Sonny's wife. I mean, she kept saying, you know, there's no way he killed himself. There's no way he, he overdosed on heroin. You know, there's exactly. no way. Exactly. So that brings us to back to Larry Gandy. Okay, Larry Gandy gets out of prison. I can't remember exactly what he did afterward. I'm kind of working on memory right now, so forgive me for that. So he gets out of prison and just starts living his normal life, whatever. Um, and that's when Sean Assail comes into the picture. Sean Assail starts getting into all the all of this shit, starts getting in deep to it, especially after you know Erwin Peters' death and everything like that. He starts putting all these pieces together. So this is the this is recent enough to where he gets on Facebook and he finds 
Larry, Ooh. Larry Gandy. So he sends him a message just right there on messenger. And he's like, Hey, I'm researching this book about the death of Sonny Liston. I would, you know, I, I would really love to sit down and interview with you, you know, and see, you know, see what you have to say about it. Larry Gandy almost immediately messages the dude back and he's like, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. You can come on over anytime. I'll do an interview. I'll sit down with you and I'll tell you everything I know. And, uh, you know, we can kind of go from there. So, the author sale is, is honestly surprised by this. So they message back a few more times and Larry Gandy knows exactly what the fuck he's going to ask him because when Sean sale went to his house, he was, he was fairly nervous, man. <laughs> he's like, listen, this is probably the guy who did a hit, you know, for, for the fucking mob in Las Vegas, killing Sonny Liston. And I'm standing on his doorstep. But he yeah. said that uh, when he got there, he said Larry was was very nice, opened up the door. They sat down and Larry basically told him, he goes, listen, I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and I've forgiven myself, you know, for those mistakes. I've tried to change and be a better person. Let's just cut to the chase. I know you want to ask me if I killed Sonny Liston. And it was almost wow. immediate. And so Sean Sales like, uh, yeah, dude, you know, like, <laughs> like, tell me information. So because of the circles that Larry Gandy traveled in while he was a cop and even afterward in prison and this, that, and the other, he goes, I didn't kill him, but I know who did. And he goes, it was Earl Cage. He goes, because he was so mad about the fact that Sonny got out of all this drug trouble because of his celebrity status. And they were, he was scared that he was going to rat him out for all the other shit, like the other bigger portions of, you know, the drugs and shit like that. So it's like, personally, when I heard that or when I read it, I was like, that doesn't make much sense because did they just let Earl go on bail? Like, what was the scenario with that? It didn't make much sense. But Larry Gandy straight up said, he goes, yeah, he's like, it wasn't me. He's like, but it was Earl Cage. He was the one who did it. It was because of the whole bust at the beauty shop and all this shit. Now, whether or not that's true, and that's, that's about the most we can really elaborate on that information. But we also do have another very central figure. And his name this is his alias. His alias was Dale Klein and Dale Klein was a legitimate hitman for the mob in Las Vegas. All right. And he, his son, how this came about was his son and him reconnected after X amount of years because Dale obviously is a hitman for the mob. Probably not the best father figure. He wasn't really around. Yeah, probably so, not. <laughs> yeah. So his son and him never got along. They did not talk to each other for years upon years, and they got back together when uh, Dale was older. And Dale told him somehow the the whole Sonny Liston thing got brought up, and Dale was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm the one who killed him." He goes, "It was straight up orders." And his son is like, well, why? And he goes, because Sonny would get drunk and he would start going around all these bars and casinos. And when he was getting drunk, he had no problems talking about all the fights that he threw. You know, he was talking about the Ali fight. 
and how he refused to throw the Chuck um, Wapner fight. Or yeah, is that how you say his last name? Uh, I think it was Wepner, but yeah. Wepner, that's right. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he talked. One was a he... boxer, one was a judge. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like. Wapner. I re... Judge Wapner. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what hey, happened was. He was a was, judge. He was a badass judge. And I grew up with that guy. Hell so yeah. <laughs> what happens was is Sonny was getting drunk all the time. And I mean. Like I said, you know, he had his demons, he had his problems, and I think going to Vegas really didn't did not help his situation at all. No. Uh, so when he's getting drunk, he's just openly telling all these people that he's thrown fights for the mob, they owe him money, yada, 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 and basically they asked him to throw that Chuck Wepner fight, and he said he refused to do it because he was tired of losing he was tired of doing shit for them, and he had lost so much respect because of that second Ali fight, he had something to prove. So according to Dale Klein, word gets to the mob. And once you've gone through your usefulness, you're a loose end at that point. And he yeah. had so much information on so many people involved in the drug trade and gambling and racketeering and everything like that, that he basically was a loose end. And Dale Klein said, yeah, I'm the one that they called and I went over there and killed him. And he goes, if you want proof, he goes, I wrote an entire manuscript and he goes, I wanted to make a movie about it, but only after I was dead. And he goes, yeah. I have I have every name of every person involved who gave me the orders, how it went down, everything. He goes, that manuscript is with somebody in Los Angeles. It'll only get read and released when I die. Oh. So when Dale Klein dies, his son find you know, calls the producer and he's like, Hey, my dad passed away. Yada yada. I you know I know you you worked with him. I know you you knew him, associated with him because this producer in Los Angeles was mobbed up as well. So his son who flies out. Uh, honestly, I cannot remember right off the top of my head. And to no, be I'm saying, who, fair, I don't no, think I they named that. him. No, I'm saying who who who, uh, who wasn't in uh in in uh, Hollywood then mobbed up. Mm. I mean, true. Hollywood, and that was the Hollywood that was, was the uh, kicker. The producer I do know worked with Sinatra. I will say that. I do yeah. know that much. But as and, for a name, they didn't ever give a name of the actual guy. Yeah, and so, old, old Frankie was uh, was pretty well mobbed up, and he was oh, yeah. up to his elbows in Vegas when it first opened, too. Like the whole Oh, absolutely. Thing. Well, he was, uh, he was one of the guys who organized the uh, um, Havana conference with, yeah. like, Lucky Lu where they decide when they decided to kill Bugsy Siegel. Yeah, like he was there. <laughs> he was the entertainment, and he was a mule, supposedly a drug mule too, because nobody's checking Frank Sinatra. You know, let's no, be honest. No, the whole so, rat pack. Like, no, these are my personal. This is my personal stash. This is not for anybody else. Exactly. So Dale Klein, and like I said, this is his alias. His real last name was, I believe, Warshick. And it was like it was like some stupid. His first two names were like dumb as shit. It was like John Jones, fucking Warshak or some shit. But he, everybody knew him as his alias Dale Klein. So that's why I refer to him that way. So his son goes, flies out to L.A. 
and meets with this producer. And the producer is this old ass dude. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I knew your father. Yeah, for sure. And he goes, yeah, there, there is a manuscript, but you can't take it. And Dale or Dale's son says, you know, that's fine. I just want to read it because I, I have to know what happened. And the producer straight up looks at him and says, no, because if you read this, you're going to probably end up dead and any of your immediate family will probably join you. He goes, this, what's in this manuscript has names, places, people, events. It's these people involved are still alive. And that's, that's where that all came to fruition, you know? So you have a lot of fucking moving parts. All right. Now my whole thing is like, I can I can believe the Dale Klein one. I really, really, really can. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And and because once you fuck over the mob and refuse to do what you've been paid to do, you're you're a liability at that point. You need to be get gotten rid of. But my whole thing is who's going to hold Sonny Liston down while somebody shoots him with a needle in the arm? Yeah, good luck. I, Good luck, I wouldn't dude. want to have been it with like with an arm's reach of him if I had a bat. Exactly. Okay. And that's that's one of the things that bothers me about the murder theory, though. And I'm not I mean, I lean more towards that. Yeah, because all the working pieces with the mafia, because mind you, this is the 70s, man. Like this mob was deep. I mean, they were right. running that city and you did not you didn't fuck around. But at the same time. Unless Sonny was asleep and there's a lot of big dudes holding him down or something, he's not going to go out like that. There's going to be a mess. There's going to be shit broken all over in this house. And that's one of the few reasons that I'm not sold on the actual murder theory. Not 100% anyway. One of the theories with the... um... With the murder, th- with the murder thing, um, with the heroin part of it is at least is uh, a lot of people claim that he was given a hot shot. So that would have been like, yeah, heroin and something else mixed with it that would have just like killed him almost instantly. Yeah, and the kicker is during but the seventies. During the seventies in Las Vegas, this was the preferred murder method by the mafia. It was literally their that's was their mo. Like they were serving out hot shots left and right, dude. It was but because you, it would just be come in as a drug overdose. Exactly. But you don't bam, have bam. to with this guy. You wouldn't have to really. I mean, if you think about it, you know, a, you know, he, he's an alcoholic, loves to drink. That's true. That's you true. get him, you get him drunk as a skunk. And by the time the autopsy's done, there's no alcohol in the system. You know, it's done. It's out, mm-hmm. but he's drunk as a skunk. You know, he passes out, you shoot his arm up with a whole yeah. bunch of shots. Or, well, it's the mob. You point guns at him. What is he going to do? He's going to try to fight you? I mean, you know, yes. And if he does, Sonny he, Lillian, he, yeah. he, he fought a, He fought like more than one cop. Like The only <laughs> thing one, that one scares me more than Sonny Liston gun. is drunk Sonny Liston. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. all his reasoning's out the window. <laughs> he's yeah. just... And he's a scary, <laughs> giant scary man as it is. So. All right. So I'll, I'll buy the they they got him super drunk and I could see that you know, or, or fed him like something passed, like out. passed out drunk. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, some kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of 
you know, date rape thing and, you know, made him so that he couldn't, right. you know, just get yeah. knocked GHB. out. I don't know if, yeah, actually, yeah, GHB would have been around back then. So, yeah, they, I'm thinking so. Possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, dropping a drink and out he goes. Out he goes. Well, then you, you know, overdose him, make it look like, you know, he overdosed himself. And yeah. there you go. Boom. And that's the, uh, those are basically the theories that we're working with. It was either Larry Gandy, Dale Klein, or Earl Cage. Personally, Dale Klein's makes the most sense because, first of all, he was a known hitman for the mob. Right. They were known to use hot shots as a preferred kill method because it just showed up as a drug overdose. He admitted, admittedly was a hitman for the mob. And then, of course, there's this unnamed manuscript that supposedly exists. Like, he told his son about it. His son flew to L.A. to meet with this producer. The producer confirmed it. Unless his son is, like, completely full of shit. But still, Dale Klein was still a legitimate known hitman for the mob. So... And you know, the thing is, like, <laughs> what reasoning would his son have to lie about that? You know, that's yeah. And what reasoning would Dale there. Klein have to freaking right. lie? Like, he straight up said, he's like, yeah, I wrote a whole manuscript for a movie, but he's like, it's only going to be released when I die. And as soon as he died, his son went to went to L.A. to to track it down. And the guy wouldn't even let him read it because he goes, listen, man, some of these people are still alive. If you read this, you're, you're probably your you're going to end up dead. Yeah. What? One thing I have a problem with is is uh is the whole coroner thing. Why mm-hmm. would the coroner? I mean, the only reason. Okay, well, the coroner says it was uh natural causes. Okay, mm-hmm. now, but they did a whole autopsy and they found um the different you know doses, different whatever to to basically say it was heroin. Mm-hmm. Okay, now why would they the coroner say no 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 you know. It's, it's not it wasn't heroin overdose, you know, it was because there's natural causes had a heart attack. Probably you know, because it, there is there is bought off as the cops like yeah, I when I say the cops were very easily. Yeah, when I say the cops were corrupt in Vegas at this time, like that's an understatement, like the mob owned them. There were very few, very which, few which is probably why. When to, why wouldn't they just say he died an overdose? You know, he's he look at him, he's a junkie, you know, because Come on. because everybody it was common knowledge he was so scared of needles, and right. that somebody at the time would have said, No, that's not right. And probably outside outside agencies probably would have jumped on that because of his celebrity status. And that's just you know, that's just my personal opinion. All I know for a fact is like the mob owned the cops they owned more than likely the coroner too and those hot shots man like that was preferred probably because or or yeah or it was just you know it was too obvious you know you don't want to make it look like it's going to be a okay yeah it's a murder or overdose we we don't we don't want to you know have any association Mm -hmm. with that so all right just say it was you know x in that that december 1970 pullover that i mentioned when he paid the that three hundred and eighty dollars or whatever it was in cash, mm-hmm. I don't think that was to get out of the ticket. I think that was a, a bribe directly to the cop to let him go. Probably, yeah. Because the last time I checked, you can't pay a fine right there on the side of the road. So no. much as you can. Really? Yeah, Maryland. Huh. State of Maryland, you can actually if you get pulled over, 
Um, you get a ticket. You can pay it right there on the spot, and that's it. That's kind of shady to me, but interesting. Yeah, you write the check because you know the, they have they have the whole book. Like the you know, if you look ever watch uh like a uh, Andy Griffith show or some of those where they have like you know booklets and stuff yeah, but for <laughs> receipts. That's actually what they have. Huh. I don't watch the Andy Griffith show, dude. Listen, you never watched that. <sighs> well, I've watched it before when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay see my son actually watches it with his That's grandma so i really can't say much it's it's it is a good show it still I used to holds watch, up like, matlock and mash with my grandmother all the time oh too, yeah though. matlock was it, it dude oh dude he was a fucking badass hell yeah he was <laughs> mash hawkeye well, raymond burn yeah. dude was a good movie. That's a good show the movie wasn't yeah. so good but nah. the, the show was good but yeah, no i mean <laughs> yeah the but yeah the the yeah the only sketchy part is the whole you know the, the I think for me is the whole coroner you know but that really it's not but I mean his wife the whole time was saying there's no way no yeah no because everybody was rumor I think I heard you know saw like rumor was going around that it was known that he was a a drug addict you know he loved his heroin he, well I did see where he was like he would smoke weed and drink. And back mm-hmm. then, that was considered being a drug addict. Yeah. You know? Because at that True. time, you got... You would get some prison time for weed. Especially in, in Vegas. Vegas. I think it, it was a felony out there. It, it was, was like Yeah, you would get mandatory like... Mandatory life sentence or something like that. Yeah. You got caught with a certain amount of it, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just fucking crazy. Yeah. It's cra- yeah, and now it's literally known as Sin City. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You, you, can, <laughs> you can, you know, hire a prostitute, but you can't smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> It makes perfect makes sense, sense, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Dead everywhere. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's not. It's the, it's the exact <laughs> opposite here. Like, we can go buy weed or you know grow your own, but you can't pay somebody to have sex with you. That's still illegal. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the theories on his death and some uh some of the insights on why they're still to this day. Like I said, man, uh, highly suggest if you guys want to take that deep dive, I highly suggest buying Sean Sale's book, Murder of Sonny Liston. And it was, uh, it came out in 2016, a very recent book. So, you know, it's not like it was written back in like 1995 or something. So right. there's a lot of, a lot of good information in there. Let's see if I can find that right now, actually, because that would be, I think that'd be a really fascinating read. Yeah. His last uh, name is A-S-S-A-E-L. So anybody that's listening, if you want to get this book, um, one of the sources that I use pretty frequently is a website called Thrift Books. Um, a sale. Huh. And I found it on here. Yeah, The Murder of Sonny List in Las Vegas, Heroin and, and Heavyweights. Yep. Uh, you can get it for $6.39. Is it A-S-S-A-E-L? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's my sister-in-law's lot, uh, maiden name. Huh. So, like, yeah, I just I put that in my wish list because uh, I usually stack up, like, eight or nine books, and then I'll buy them all because they're so cheap that it's just like yeah here you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a, it's a good place if you're looking for anything but they do have it yeah and it's uh fairly inexpensive yeah that's the deep dive right there if, you, if you're really invested and interested in even more details about his death that's the book to get yeah i'm, I'm gonna end up ordering that because that uh again yeah that would be a i think to be a really fascinating read to to really you know dive balls deep into that thing and Oh, fuck yeah. Try to, you know. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, and like Kevin and I had the conversation a couple of weeks ago about boxers, and I'm like, you know, they very rarely have a happy ending, you know. Uh, yeah. Even guys like Muhammad Ali, I mean, he dealt with health issues the rest of his life after he got out of the ring. Um, honestly, probably the one that's had the best run of it of any of them is George Foreman. Yeah, yeah, you Foreman know, did mean, really well for himself. I think, well, I I got his, well, not so much heavyweights, but, I mean, you got, you know, Pacquiao and Oscar De La Hoya. They've done pretty well for themselves and stuff like that, so. I think it's all also all about that whole, you know, change of um, how they protect the fighter, too. You know, yeah. versus, you know, back in the early 70s, you know, 70s, 60s, 50s, you know, and so on. And even before that, you know, where, you know, it was just go out and swing for the fences and, you know, whatever. But if, if you watch a boxing match from from then versus one now, it's pretty similar. It's you, know, you get knocked down, you get up, you, you you know, the referee will stop the count. Look at me. You mean your hands, put your hands up and they, they still check you the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like MMA, where you can get kicked in the head repeatedly go down and they will just be like nah dive on him and beat his face in <laughs> you know that's, but that's on the ref though to stop it you know to get but they never to... do and that's boxing is honestly i think boxing is uh to me it seems like it's more honorable because it's like you you knock this dude on his ass step back let him get up and keep fighting mm-hmm. you know fight him on your you know fight on your feet don't you know dive on the ground and elbow him in the mouth but i think a the, bunch um, you know the, the, like the the um thing with you know that versus boxing you know i mean boxing it's you know hey you get knocked down okay then you get back up you might get knocked down again you get back up because there's no you know no longer the the three knockdown rule. that's only for championship fights oh is Re- it? regular fights i'm pretty sure that three knockdown rule is still in effect um, yeah i'm pretty depending sure on the organization yeah being. true um okay well i mean still but you know, the the being able to get knocked down, back up, back down. I mean, you know, there's a lot more possibility of brain damage than catching a flying knee from a giant man in the head and then having him land on top of <laughs> you and continue to elbow you in the face until you stop breathing. Well, they don't do that. <laughs> they Come do, on, though. <laughs> they do. It's like, oh, he's on the ground. He's clearly already unconscious. I'm going to punch him three more times just to make sure. And this is coming yep. from the same guy that used to that that loved MMA at one time. And yeah, so MMA kind of just changed a little bit, and now he doesn't like it. You know, I, that, we were like, all I, saying at the MMA same time I safer. got back into boxing, and I was like, ah, I don't know. And you I watch mean, the two, and you go, but MMA safe. I think I feel MMA is safer. Go watch old Pride fights where Wanda Silva is just soccer kicking people okay, in the head off, while they're on the a, ground. That's Pride. <laughs> yeah, you know, Pride still is, MMA. Yeah, but Pride was fucking like you could do blows to the back of the head. Yeah, they you know, still do that in UFC. It still happens. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to, but it still happens. Well, it's like look at last night. The well, bo- match last night, Fury let me, <clears throat> or Wilder, either one. They were smacking each other in the back of the head. You're not supposed to. But from a clinch, there's not a lot of power there. As opposed to sitting on somebody's back and punching them full force in the back of the head while their face bounces off of a off the floor. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? But let me ask you, would you rather take a a glancing blow from a guy with 16 ounce gloves or a elbow like nine to three in the side of the head. I would rather get punched in the face 
yeah. and take like the point of an elbow across my eyebrow and have it split my face open. But, Agreed. Yeah. You know, watch, go watch Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. That I'd is a it. fucking blast. I love watching that. That's pretty good because that I think that's actually even safer than both of them because they yeah, they knock you get knocked fucked down and it's like okay, you know, step back and yeah, it's it's boxing rules essentially. Yeah, I mean yeah. boxing, but MMA sort of, you know. Hmm. But I mean, still, it's I don't know, but. Yeah, it's still it's you know still <laughs> kind of rough. But the problem with all of these sports like this is they are all. It's, I I don't want to, I don't know how to word this right. They're all bet on so heavily that depending on the kind of fight that comes up, there can definitely still be some like fingers going in pies and having shit thrown. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. That's where it's like, yeah, it's, it's not really, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, but I mean, shit, look at basketball. There was a, was it like 10 or 15 years ago? There was all those guys that got busted for uh, the point shaving thing. Oh yeah. And then there was uh, just recently, there was like 18 guys that got busted for the, um, uh, they were defrauding the NBA's, uh, yeah, just like, like the the post, uh, yeah, like the post play, uh, the retired players fund or something like that for like injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of them just went down for yeah. that. That's and that's the shit part with sports is it's like you know it's there's so much money in it that you can you know guys get away with all kinds of stuff. But you know the one they don't do that then you don't hear that often. Hockey. Well, no, because those guys go out and just beat the shit out of each other. You know? That's why we love <laughs> making it. thirty six thousand dollars a year to go out and play hockey and pound on some guy. Yeah, because uh, those guys are way underpaid for pro athletes. They don't make a lot of money at all. Uh, go to a hockey hockey game and a boxing match breaks yeah. out. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, Sunny the Sunny Liston thing is just you know, I don't know. It's one of those ones, but we might never ever know what happened. You know, truly happen. Yeah. I don't think you will. I don't think so. Yeah. No. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know if, if, if unless the the manuscript, you know, does get released, and it's actually yeah. true. You know, they can verify everything. Yeah. In it to say, okay, yeah, this is totally legit. This guy didn't make this shit up. You know, anything that's in here is reliable, you know, material. Exactly. So just for shits and kicks, we're talking about pro athletes and what they're paid. The highest paid hockey player in two in uh, 2021 made $15 million as compared to uh, Steph Curry, who made $45.78 million last year. Yeah, he's on the max contract, dude. Yeah, it's that's Curry. fucking nuts. I pay him that too. Well, what was it? Fucking Alex Rodriguez, $125 million. Dollar contract or whatever the hell it was, dude. I'd play a half a season in any of those sports and retire. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Do so my signing bonus and going home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's, I think this was like an interesting uh, little topic, you know, to cover because I mean, you know, it's uh, a guy that kind of you know fights for fights and does what he loves. 
and then kind of gets caught into a um, into a scene that well, the, might have got him killed. Well, the thing is, is like he got pulled into that at the same time because like he well, was already is- in jail for beating somebody up and all this other yeah. stupid shit. And then he basically got out because of the mafia. And like I said last week, the mafia Wait, doesn't didn't... just do you a favor. They're like, you're going to work for us now. It wasn't, I mean, he didn't start off, you know, working for the mafia. I mean, he started off his boxing career you in know? prison, but he got let, he oh, got true. He got out of, out of right. prison early yeah, because, yeah. you know, higher ups found out. True. But I mean, let's be real. This was just a reason for the three of us to sit down for, I don't know, like 12 hours <laughs> over the course of two weeks to talk about sports. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you know, shit, we could go for another like 15. It doesn't really matter, you know? Yep. Justin says no. Shit, we barely touched football. I mean. It's true. Oh, boy. <laughs> I haven't yeah, even watched any today. Neither have I. I haven't watched football in like two years. I really yeah. haven't. I just kind of, I don't know. I'll probably watch the I'll watch the late game tonight probably, but that's about it. I try to watch it and I fall asleep. I went back and watched a bunch of old Steelers shit from the seventies a few weeks ago. Oh, Jesus. oh man, Dude, Franco Harris was a freak. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. God damn! Back when you're like, ah, he's you know he's six foot three, two hundred and eighty pounds. Throw him a running back. Fuck it. See what fine. <laughs> yeah. It's called a fullback. It's a linebacker <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> that was back when, and then you had what was it? Uh, Lawrence Taylor breaking uh, Joe Namus fucking leg. Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann's leg. Yeah. Sorry. And he spit in his helmet when he got up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine and steroids, dude. I'll do some shit to you. Back when sports was pure. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, pure coke. Fuck you and fuck your leg. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize a. that they didn't start recording sacks until Lawrence Taylor got into the NFL. He's really? the reason that that uh, sacks are a stat now because he had so hmm. many. Interesting. Because before that, they were just tackles for loss, but he was just destroying quarterbacks everywhere. They're like, we should probably start recording this. Cocaine, man. Hell of a drug. <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking cocaine steroids and lightning earrings <laughs> yeah dude was that, scary or that badass flat top too man <laughs> yeah how many fucking corvettes do you think he owned at one point i mean he had to have had like at least a fleet oh, of God. them yeah i would think so speaking of coke okay so <laughs> i <laughs> no how, how much coke do you think well God, they probably didn't do anything but i'm just you know Who? just spitballing here between Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, you go from your fucking baseball game to, oh, hey, now I got to play football this weekend. You probably do a line of coke and you're like, okay, let's See, go. Here's the thing with Bo Jackson is he was a saint. He didn't do, I don't think Bo <laughs> Jackson drank. He was just like a pure all American good guy. Deion Sanders is probably doing some coke though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I bet you Bo. No, Bo. no, I, no. Bo, Bo Jackson <laughs> is an American hero. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> Bo knows baseball. He did. He knew football. That dude was fun to watch. He knew fucking football, too. Yeah, he was. It's like you could watch him all year round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, Russell Westbrook. uh, Not Russell Westbrook. uh, Russell Wilson wanted to do do that, too. And they're like, nah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Nowadays, they're like, no, no. It's either you have a choice. You know, this one or this one. Which is dumb. Like, let him do it. Yeah, pretty much. They have too much invested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want, want your guy to go break his freaking leg and 
you know, football or rupture Achilles or See, do the, something. The, the trick is to play for a team in the NFL where you know you're not making the playoffs and to play for a team in the N, uh, in MLB where you also know you're not going to make the playoffs so you don't have any overlap. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hell of a strategy there. Exactly. <laughs> Deion Sanders did it. Yeah, he did too. He played for the Falcons. They weren't going anywhere. Then he played for the Reds. Come on. Back yeah. then, no. The Reds That's sucked true. until they got Joey Votto back. <laughs> <laughs> There was Pete Rose, a huge black spot, and then Joey Votto. And, like, the Reds got okay again. He played for the Braves. <laughs> he played for the Reds. Oh, yeah, he played for a few teams. But then he, I mean, he played for the, the Cowboys when they were really good. Yeah, that's about it, though. But I think he had quit baseball by that time. Probably. Yeah. Then you have Michael Jordan, the best minor league baseball player of all time. No way. <laughs> he was so fucking bad. <laughs> he was horrible, dude. Oh, he had the worst batting stance. Too. Like his, the, like the yeah. swing. Oh, my God. His stance and his swing was just oh. fucked. But, I mean, I guess if I was, like, six foot eight, I'd probably have a really goofy batting stance, too. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, he's just too gangly to play baseball. Yeah, that wasn't happening. I think if you're gonna if you're going to double sport between basketball and baseball, you got to be, like, a point guard. Like a regular sized human being, you know, yeah. not fucking six foot eight, six foot ten, whatever. Very true. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> there's some people that, I mean, I don't know. Or well, you just gonna be a pitcher. Randy Johnson did it. Yeah, but, well, yeah. he's he looks like a turkey, also. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, by the time his ball got thrown to you, you know, it was already like halfway to you because it hadn't released from his hand yeah. yet. He got, all, he, he got all his powers after he killed that bird, too. Yeah. <laughs> he was nothing until then. Oh, that poor True. fucking bird! What smokes that thing? Oh my god! Was that? I can watch that. I can watch that clip all day. Was that when he was in Seattle, or was that when he was yeah. in uh, Arizona? Uh, Seattle. <laughs> that was right towards the beginning of his career. Oh, still the craziest also had pitch I've ever Burnett seen. Who blew out the back window of that fucking tundra <laughs> that was driving behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> that bad release. And he threw it right through the back window. Yeah, that was good. But, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and we could go on. Yeah. We'll have to find another <laughs> professional athlete that did some fucked up stuff and do another show, I guess. I mean, that yeah. shouldn't be hard to find, but. Yeah. You know. That Justin likes, or if he doesn't like them, you know, it's even all the yeah. better. Yeah, never know, dude. Mike Tyson still exists. That's true. I do love Mike oh. Tyson. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yes. There'd be some shit if we got him on the show, too. Cool. Like, what? <laughs> Mike, Mike. Mike, we're going to shut up and just let you talk. So, Yep. <laughs> oh, man, I can't talk right now. You can't hardly understand him on his podcast. <laughs> He's got a podcast, really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, and he shit. has great guests. It's called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Damn it's, it. Uh, it's honestly okay. really good. He's got great guests on there, but... You can't is, understand. Is it also a lot on of... YouTube? Or is it also on YouTube? Uh, yeah, they at least have clips on YouTube. I don't know if they have full episodes on there. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. Look at the some fucking of his Iron guests. Sheik has a podcast too. That'd be some shit to listen to because that guy's a psychopath. <laughs> Who? Oh damn, the Iron Sheik. He was an old wrestler from the eighties. Oh yeah, that giant Iranian guy that was always like spitting on Hulk Hogan and shit. <laughs> Fuck him. 
America. Oh, <laughs> uh, brother. Fuck Hulk Hogan. He sucked. His fucking hot dog skin. Yeah. He's gross. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm about <laughs> I, think to... I, think, I think we've hit the end of this. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta call it a night. I gotta do some editing and shit. Oh, I, yeah, I gotta go put my bathroom back together. So, all right. Yeah. Well, right, fellas. Well, hey, uh, yeah. It's been a fucking hoop. Always. It always good is. Good talking to you, Justin. I know you don't yeah. like me, but uh, you know, good talking I mean, to you. You're better than kicking the nuts, dude. Tell you he doesn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> the other people are just like, eh, he's all right. Uh, he's a good guy, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Dude. See, he was forced into saying it. You know. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to send some stuff out to you for uh, for the uh, the juniors podcast. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Tomorrow. I haven't told them the news yet. I'll just wait till it gets here and go from uh, there. I got some good shit. I got a uh, uh, Lost Colonies of Ancient America, which is a fucking Ooh, awesome book. Like that. Uh, most of, it's a Life Magazine, uh, Most Notorious Crimes in American History. That's a pretty beefy Damn, one. That one sounds good. And then good. A, uh, a Cthulhu art book that I was like, you know what? I've had some fun with that. I'm going to send that out to him because I know he was talking about it a while ago, right? So. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah, buddy. Well, that's a wrap. That's a fucking All wrap. right. See you guys later. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll talk to you. Later. <laughs> Bye. All right. So that was part two of our Sunny Listen episode or Sunny Listen series with Justin from Mysterious Circumstances. Um, I really hope that you guys had as much fun with this as we did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because honestly, it was like it wasn't even it wasn't even about Sonny Liston. It 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 was like we just like talking to Justin, and you know, as you'll find out here in the upcoming weeks when I finally get all the shit together for the <laughs> for the extra episode where we just kind of shoot the shit talking about sports and stuff. You'll understand why we like talking to Justin. It's fun. Yeah, even though he doesn't like me or anything, but you know, whatever, I'll still talk to him. He doesn't. He doesn't, and he said it more than once, which is fun. He did. What an <laughs> asshole. But I like him anyway. Yeah, he's he, he's a pretty all right guy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, actually, he's one of the guys that kind of like really fucking helped us out when we first started. Yeah, definitely, like helped us out with a lot of technical stuff and you know trying to so you know running uh, promos for us and shit. So if you're listening to us and you don't listen to him, what the fuck are you doing? Get over to Mysterious Circumstances. Yeah, subscribe to his podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. You do it all. Yeah. Just don't leave him a one-star rating because he will fucking gut you on his show. It's so fun to listen to. I, you know what? Leave him a one-star rating. I want to listen to it because it's fucking amazing. Do it and then put ha 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 just joking at the end. It's like, you think we're mean to people when they leave us a one-star? Let Justin do it. If you want that's... to, you can say Dark Windows told us to do yeah. it. <laughs> so in the review, just write one star, but actually give him five because it's way funny. <laughs> be like, what the Oh, okay, <laughs> I get that. Uh, These guys true. are dickheads. Uh -huh. Yes, we are. <laughs> you could say love Dark Windows podcast. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Um, next week, since it's our kind of, it's going to sound fucking weird. Next week's an in between week because the week after that we have another guest coming on. Yeah. So we got to figure out some spooky shit for some spooky. So we got to find something here. We'll find something. something. Or if uh, you know, you guys hear this and. You guys want to hear something spoopy? That's, Let us know. that's not going to give us a lot of time for research. But. All right, fine. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to 
get our fucking noses to the grindstone grindstone <laughs> grindstone huh fuck <laughs> well there's the your pop- editing quote of the night the grindstone <laughs> the grindstone god damn it by the power of grace nose to the grindstone yeah that's just those really hard ones that after they sat out on the counter for a while. Ooh, you don't yeah. eat those. They'll fucking break your teeth. It's a grindstone. Yeah. You're supposed to sharpen yeah. knives on it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, uh, anyway, so I think that's so, going to be a t-shirt. So it's more like you sharpen butter knives? No, nah, that's going to be a t-shirt. Uh, Nose to the grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. <laughs> fucking grindstone. It. So I'll have to, we'll have to consult the the library at Fortress DWP and find something creepy for next week. Yeah. We'll get so, you. We'll get you something out for uh, for the following episode. You'll even like. if it's just me sitting here in the dark by myself reading H.P. Lovecraft. I don't give a fuck. You won't be sitting here alone in the dark. No, I'll bring the other members of the cult in. Oh, of course, we, we got our robes and shit. We have got. A, I've got all the candles. Damn right. What are you talking about? Damn right. You're not part of it. What? You're not in the cult. Fuck you. I'm not. What was the last time you came to a fucking meeting? Uh, first off, a asshole. Well, no, actually, I don't like cults. So, yeah. I'm, I'm the one that like covers the them. One. This is a fun one, though. I'm the one that covers the cults. Because it's like potluck. Oh. Everybody brings their own drinks. There's punch. Oh. There's cake and stuff. Oh. Try to, you know. Why am I not invited? Resuscitate an ancient dark evil to destroy the earth and all the people on it. We should you just know. have a Ouija board in here. Ouija boards suck. They scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't like Ouija boards. Yeah, but I want to know if it's actually real. No, not in my fucking house. Because, okay, so, side note. Last night, well, my, my wife and I are kind of doing some uh, renovations in the bathroom. where We're trying to modernize it a little bit because it's a lot of exposed wood, like, you know, bare wood. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's too much. It looks nice, but it's too much. So, I start peeling uh, trim pieces off the bottom, off the side. And then I pull all the uh, the shiplap slats off the small wall by the toilet, and uh, got got the phone going with some you know got some music going, and she's got her little. Should we say this for this poopy episode? Oh no, this is this is a quick thing. But she's in, she's in the shower. She got the her little Ryobi scrubber thing cleaning the shower, and uh, I had a, an armful of shiplap stuff, and I turned, I've got it all marked, and I set it down. I turned back and how my bathroom set up. You can see out into the dining room. And we have a big cat tree where we feed the cats. Turned my head. There's some guy standing there. I, it was kind of just like I turned and kind of kept going all the way back around towards the rest of the bathroom. I caught it. I was like, fuck. And I stopped and looked back and it was gone. Couldn't give you any details other than it was a guy in a black shirt standing between me and the cat tree. Or and by the time I turned my eyes back, he was gone. Okay. Follow me devil's advocate here. Sure. Is it possible that you thought you saw it? Because you, because you just, you know, you kind of like were turning around so fast. You know, you just like, because because of the cat tree and you know different things. No, no, no. Okay, because there's nothing black between my bathroom and that cat tree. First of all, second of all, this shit happens every fucking time we start a project on our house. Mm-hmm. Every single time we tra- we start doing something, even if it's painting. We start seeing shit like, you know, start it starts picking up. Huh. So, yeah, it's it was fucking weird. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But hmm. so because I turned, went, whoa, shit. And she goes, what? And I'm like, you didn't see that. And she even if she was if the shower door is open, she couldn't have seen it because it would have been behind her. Yeah. So she's like, what? And I'm like, there was just a fucking guy in our dining room. Hmm. Swear to God. 
So, yeah. So, my house is haunted as fuck. Not allowed to work on it because then the ghosts come out. Which makes me sound like a fucking crazy person. I understand, but I get it. So, with that said, yeah. <laughs> just because you can't see on the shut dark. your fucking mouth. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so, just because, uh, yeah, we'll, like again, we'll find something for next week. Um, but uh, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Kevin, ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. I'm just going to put the music in after I said ring the bell. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>